Here's the question. How do you make the impossible possible? Simple. Remove the I am, the ego. Now, how do you step into that newfound possibility? With a series of small intentional steps. Never forget, the greatest among us started from humble beginnings. But to truly unlock your potential, realize you're here for something greater. If you're yearning for more than just a good life, let's take that small step together to reach greatness. Welcome to the Greatness from Small Beginnings podcast, where we're talking to those who have gone from mediocrity to motivated, overlooked to overachieving, forgettable to unforgettable. Are you ready? Let's go. Well, welcome. So for my listener's sake, whoever is out there, I want them to know you. And this is these. So for all of you that don't know already, when you jumped into this video, this is my good friend Brian and Lorraine here, Wagon. And I don't know when we met. Honestly, I don't. It was through our kids, and it just kind of grew, right? Yet we were at the same church. But it grew through kind of through the kids, knowing each other, some of them being the same age, which is which is a good organic way to do that. But then, man, we've done road trips. We've cried together. We've disagreed. We've yes, done, we have. Yes. Yes. And we've uh, done um, mission trips. We've been in other countries together. And, of course, that's always an adventure anyway. But you add lots of history to it. I remember fixing a bumper on a van together. Zip ties. With zip ties along the side of a highway in Italy. And that was only one of the many things that happened there <laughs> on that one week, but there's been many weeks. So thank you for coming on. This is the Greatness from Small Beginnings podcast. So we're going to start, we're going to do two episodes, back-to-back, -back or, you know, yeah, back-to-back -back is the way they'll be produced and, and uh, sent out to the world. But I wanted both of you, because your team... When I think of you guys, there's a couple things I think of. I think of they're together. Everything that happens, if he does it, you're you're in. You know, Lily and I it's are the, the same. It's the proverbial we. It's the proverbial we. We are going oh, to do this. I'd love to help you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'd love to help you. Guess what? We've got an extra pair of hands and feet over here. Yes. And that's the way it is. And that's the way you've lived it. And I appreciate that. So that's why I like having you both here. I'm going to point a lot of the questions to you, and then we'll interact. And then later, next episode, we'll do the same for you and how he's, it's affected him or he's been involved. So I'm looking forward to doing this. I've never done this like this before. So we're just going to go with it. We got it. All right. Okay. Well, that being said, because of the title, I want to start with the first word. Um, kind of define for me, kind of a practical Brian Herewagon version of greatness, mm. like the working version mm. of definition. Yeah, that is uh, an interesting thing because I think the, the struggle to be great, to prove something, mm -hmm. is what gets in the way for a lot of us. Yeah, to who? To, like to ourselves, to who? Not, like, yeah, we're trying to prove something. And, so, and yeah. we feel like somehow greatness is what should be achieved, even if it's aggressive or ruthless, whatever it takes to become this large thing. Mm -hmm. But for me, uh, there's a lot to be said in greatness about authenticity, um, being really genuine, humble, great mm -hmm. at listening, great at serving, understanding people and trying to bring for them uh, success in their own lives. Because as mm -hmm. everyone else becomes successful, whatever we're doing becomes great. Mm -hmm. And so in many ways, greatness is less of me, <laughs> not more of me, but most of us struggle to make it more of ourselves so that we can say we're great. I think the other thing too is that um, that authenticity or genuineness and great mm -hmm. really shouldn't be something we have to tell people we have or do. It should just be evident in our being. It should just mm -hmm. ooze out of our life and our speech and our responses mm -hmm. and our service. So really greatness for me is not great. It's less mm -hmm. and it leads to greatness for others and for what you Oh man, what you just talked about there is, is that it's a process. Like yeah, absolutely, that is, that is the core of what you're saying. Yeah. That of course it has disciplines, it has the viewpoint, 
to it. Look, we've got to see it this way. It does have some goals and some energy, some momentum behind it, perhaps, that we say, well, I'm headed there, wherever there is, for each person. But but it's it can it can be this drive thing. But if we leave out the human element, mm-hmm. both in us and in others, then do we miss the mark? Oh, so be honest. Where have you missed the mark? Oh, my goodness. Well, okay. We, we, only, have, <laughs> we only have an hour, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think when I, I forget, in a sense, why I'm doing what I do, it becomes more about what people think of me or did I achieve perfection? Did I please people? Those kinds of things. And I saw something not long ago that talks about people who spend time defending or um, explaining away why things weren't the way they should be. Don't they spend so much time doing that that they don't spend time getting better? And I think instead, just being really honest with the failures and saying this is actually just teaching stuff, and I have chances, more and more chances. I'll I'll get it one of these days. I got to keep going, not defending, not worrying about what other people think, but pressing in, pressing on. Um, I I say a lot of people in our family and on our staff at my office that there's nothing you can break that we can't fix. Mm-hmm. Um, just we as a unit. Yeah, it's yeah. going to take collective, yeah. but we together we can we can do this. And so failure, yeah, there's been a bazillion of them. You talk about process again and again, but it's the sum of the whole ends up being greatness. It ends up becoming better people, better processes, uh, better outcomes by being humble, yeah. sharing the load, yeah. and, and living in the process. Being willing to go down that path. Yeah. And I admit sometimes I've stopped it. No, this is the way it should be done. Mm-hmm. Because the outcome is this, and I've, boy, I've had to peel fingers off of a lot of things in the last four or five years. I've said no, it actually that's not actually true. Yeah, I'll it tell might you, have a little less quality in it from my viewpoint, but those seeing it don't see that issue. Perhaps mm-hmm. and I have to say no. I got to let go. Yeah, that and and getting people to look up, mm-hmm. let it look around, look beyond, not just in the moment. There's uh, an idea. Sometimes we trade what we want most. For what we want now, if we can look up and see what we're really after, mm. and work side by side to get there, instead of looking down at what I want now, which is to be justified or vindicated or right, or to give up mm-hmm. or to do something I shouldn't do, that's what I want now. But how does it help in the process of becoming? How does mm-hmm. it become what I want most out of life and for other people? Yeah. I've got to let go, um, live in the failure, press in, keep going, yeah. keep showing up, keep yeah. going. Keep going. I'm going to compliment you on that one. That That's something you're very good at. Mm. So I go back to the idea that physiologically, if we're mm. feeling down, if we raise our eyes and pull our shoulders back a little bit, that then that physiological positioning actually helps our attitude eventually, mm-hmm. right? And I think I've kind of learned that from you, partly the stoic look when you're in a stressful moment really good at that I'm just gonna I'm just gonna not show the emotion that I'm probably that's screaming out of me actually I just want it to you know you're really good at that uh, but as a teaching point to those listening when we talk about process and the things that tell me sometimes not when you blew it but the, the things that necessarily unless that's what you want to share but tell me sometimes when you how'd you learn that you know, like maybe you did fail so that you said, no, I got to get control of this piece of me, mm-hmm. my face that shows things that I don't want it to show because it's not actually the truth. Truth, it's just a feeling. Can I step in here? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, you know, just being in a position of sometimes, you know, observing and sometimes feeling like I want to almost tempted to take up, a, uh, take up an offense on his behalf. Mm. Something that's, like that. That's a lot of that goes on in this world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that I really appreciate is there, there's a, um, you know, or I'll, I'll just say like, don't you want to defend yourself? I mean, you, you, whatever, you know, yeah. something comes up in it. And there's um, a phrase that we have heard before and it has kind of impacted us in a lot of ways, but it's when others accuse you falsely, live in such a way so that nobody believes it. Mm. And so it's more about, you know, who you are as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, God has really been gracious to been, you know, to help in certain situations just to give him the strength to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, in my opinion, he's very courageous, which, 
one of the definitions for courage is, is strength under control. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's able to, to exhibit that. So I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Well, that's good. How do you respond to that? Well, other I, than having a tear in your eyes. Yeah. Saying, oh. I mean, it's humbling to hear, but yes. <laughs> uh, I think in relation to what you said and the reason you brought it up that I'm not a fan of reactionary behavior mm-hmm. and I've had to learn not to react. So you, you don't love it when people do it to you. So, Oh no. And I know that I blow it when I react, mm-hmm. react instead of respond. Mm-hmm. React is usually knee jerk. It's usually looking down. It's like trading what I want most, which is whatever we're really after mm-hmm. to resolve the feelings I'm about to have right now. And I'm going to explode. Mm-hmm. How does that help the long run? So if I give into what's going on in the moment, uh, I probably will short circuit what we're headed for. So to me, a part of that is just maintaining a really stable control. I, I picture the aircraft carrier in a troubled sea, sometimes a calm sea, but in a troubled sea. And that thing manages to stay stable enough the planes can still come and go. And I don't want a aircraft carrier that's too small or too volatile in troubled seas. That's not the kind I want to land on. I want one that's big and stays put that I can trust when I land. And I want you to feel that way when you're with me. So my calm or uh, exploratory conversation that comes with a calm face is often to manage or some kind of emotion under control until we can together figure out how to respond to this, not me react. And uh, I, I know when I react, you will too, and things escalate. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to get where we're going. So managing it, that's part of it, I guess. And it is somewhat a discipline, but it's also uh, learned by a lot of rough experiences. Yeah. So let's talk about the small beginning side of this mm-hmm. thing, okay? <laughs> and there's probably some rough experiences that, that you saw examples, you saw things in your past. I know I did, that I looked and say, I don't actually want to be that. Mm-hmm. And they're not horrific, like there was no nothing horrible. And yet I was like, I saw habits in my my parents and my brothers and sisters and, you know, just people at school, whatever. So tell us about your just a glimpse of where you began. I know some of your story, but it's an interesting story. Uh, so well, where, where were you born? Quickly, and then and then how that has affected some of these things that you have ex- for expectations for yourself now. Okay, well, born born in Colorado, uh, first born out of four, mm-hmm. and my parents were not saved, and both of them came from dysfunctional families. So coming together as a young couple, they didn't bring function into their life and marriage and immediately had kids uh, right out of the gate. So uh, very young parents, uh, very young children all around their feet and stressed out. And so they did back in the early 60s what you do, which is go back to the land, mm-hmm. leave the city. And I think I think it was known as became hippies. They, yeah. they <laughs> bought a Volkswagen bus. We bought, they bought land with the last money they had in the Ozark Mountains moved into a tent and lived in the woods. So, but uh, by God's great, mm. he ordained the situation that where they moved to was only about a mile and a half away from two Christian families who loved my parents to the Lord. My dad first, which is not always the case. A lot of times a wife might come to faith first, it seems, but my dad surrendered first to the Lord and then my mom and then us kids. And so um, eventually we came out of the woods, <laughs> re-entered civilization um, I will say uh, I was involved in short-term missions in um, a summer while I was between my junior and senior year in high school, mm-hmm. uh, fast-forwarding. And later I went again, uh, I guess two summers later I went, and it was during that summer when I really sensed in my heart that the Lord had a plan for me to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not... Where'd uh, you go? It's like short-term mission, this you one, another country. No, in this case, oh, okay. the first summer, I was out all summer uh, in the Northwest. And okay. then the second year was uh, the West Coast, included California and okay. Oregon and Washington. So very much domestic all summer long. And it was during that second summer, uh, traveling throughout the summer with another team of individuals, that I knew in my heart what the Lord had asked me to do. And I didn't hear an audible voice and there was no writing anywhere, but I just, in the the innermost part, knew what God was asking me to do, and it's what I've been doing ever since then. So I'm now in 38 years with the job that I ended up with. Uh, and just to say, too, he started out in the School of Architecture, and he was he was going to be rich and drive a Porsche career, and, you know, and that, just so you know, he be where, rich where he was heading. This amazing yeah. career. Exactly. Nationally known. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, he is actually fairly nationally known now, but a completely different path. Exactly. Yeah, but he right. still greeted architecture. 
And I was going to have multiple houses for different seasons, different well, that I would have designed, would, which I would have appreciated being by, invited yeah, to. Yeah. But. Instead, we have one little house that's perfect for an old couple. Yes. As we grow old, we won't have any stairs, yes. um, and it's fine for all, all of our family and grandkids. Yes, our, but it is one of our son-in-laws called it fun size house. Yeah, fun size, <laughs> like yes. fun size candy. Yeah, but at any rate, yeah. So the call came then, and uh, I ended up taking the job, um, still in college. Uh, it was a part-time, not quite full-time type job, type job. So you talk about small beginnings. It wasn't a very big job, and I wasn't very old, <laughs> nor did I have any experience in leading mm-hmm. any type of organization. So it was uh, it was a, a rough start. And but it was somehow the an organization knew that you had this heart somehow. So there was a connection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also probably preordained. You know, actually, um, the person who hired me um, did it while his boss was gone. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So when the boss came back, the senior, leader of the, yeah, the senior leader of the <laughs> mission. Ask forgiveness and yeah. get permission. It's kind of like that. So that guy, the main leader of the mission, took me out for a coffee. And I remember driving in the car and he said, now, Brian, I'm going to need you to stay at least six months on this one. Because he knew I was a young college student. What was I going to do with this job? And I said, oh, no, I'll give you as much time as I can. I really feel called to this. He said, then I want at least two years. And I said, I think it's going to be a lifetime. You got me. So he let me stay on. And it's now been upon 40 years or whatever so um god was in it and my the one who hired mm-hmm. may have known the senior leader may not have known and just given in but in any case yeah, god's anyway. been in it all along yeah. so yeah well that being said more greatness story so talk about that organization you don't necessarily have to give the names but just just run a scenario i look at mm. you and i say mm. you know we've been i wouldn't say deeply but peripherally very involved absolutely yeah. in 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 the last five years but really throughout the yeah. last 30 uh tell so i kind of know some of it and i'm probably <laughs> going to learn something here so what what happened then it, it, 10 years later this happened uh-huh. just give us one of those that kind of puts us more or less where you are now and then if you can't do it i'll have lorraine do it brag about the organization that mm. that has has grown out of these small beginnings. So you're asking me in four minutes to describe 35 <laughs> years of really an, an odd and amazing journey. But I think if I you can kind of do the it. three, that yeah, would be okay, great. Good. Yeah, good. I think I can do this. <laughs> so uh, the organization first started under a denominational umbrella, a sort of a part-time job. And the guys that dreamed it up, it was actually in 1979, um, named it an acrostic while walking down the hallway in the office building past the janitor's closet where there was a mop. So they came up with the name Ministry Outreach Project. That's the name I'll tell you for now. They had a worse one before. Yeah, that, but I remember that. And we'll it's not skip that one. It's not appropriate. It was a mistake. But anyway, it became Ministry Outreach Project, M-O-P, with periods, M period. And it had a little guy with a mop as a logo that they randomly came up with. So it started as MOP, a regional ministry from a local denominational office. A locally here in Oregon. In the Northwest. Right? Yeah. Northwest. Actually, in fact, yes, it was just Oregon at the time. Okay. Uh, an Oregon headquartered denominational office. So a small beginning, a part-time guy. And in fact, they actually gave me an office. Uh, off of the reception area, there was a supply closet. They took everything <laughs> was out. Was a mop in it? No, there, there probably was. There Maybe probably was at one point. But yes. in this case, the janitor's closet was on the hallway where they named the ministry. But they actually had to turn a desk on its end and push it through the door mm-hmm. and ratchet it back down sideways. And so I could walk in beside it and behind it. And I actually had a desk in this closet off the reception area. That's where I started. Um, over time, it went from part-time to full-time. Uh, I was able to change the name a little bit to be more appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, that particular denominational headquarters went from just Oregon to Northwest. Mm-hmm. But eventually, we went from just doing short-term mission trips domestic for the summer to also doing international. And that became more and more common. And that's because the short-term mission industry was changing all over the nation. And no longer was it individuals recruited one at a time for trips we had designed. It was now mm-hmm. becoming mission fields who are saying, in our country, we need help with. And they would list what that is and may even have a connection with a church that okay. would send the group. So. Um, the dynamics of what we were doing were change was they were all changing, and in fact, by becoming more international, this little domestic office that gave me a closet was asking themselves, "Why is this ours?" Because it's not just Northwest anymore; it's actually predominantly international. So we became co-sponsored by another uh, main mission organization. Um, that co-sponsorship went on for a while, 
until eventually the local one said, why do we have this at all? It's pretty much all international, and they have the resources to do it better. So I became employed by that organization. Now, I started my job in 85. We got married in 86. So um, let me back up. I started the, with the ministry in 1980, but I got hired in 1985 after that call mm-hmm. to do this. So I've had this position, if you will, since 1985. Met Lorraine that way on a summer trip to Mexico, and then we went again the second year back to Mexico, and then we got married. And so together we've been on this journey of growing to international influence as well as now more and more domestic. And eventually, because of um, a major Ponzi scheme that happened in the United States some time ago, about 360 organizations were involved in it. Our parent mission Mm -hmm. had to sever our organization, Mm -hmm. our department, if you will. They said to us... If I remember, our church was involved, and there was like tons of nonprofits normally. Yeah. Uh, Wall Street Journal said it was a veritable who's who was involved in that. And it was a lot of Christian organizations and also some secular. So, um, but uh, interesting scenario and bizarre how it happened, but once it's found out, uh, everything begins to collapse. So uh, our parent organization had to sever our department. And basically they said to us, we hope you can either find another parent organization or um, continue on your own or something. Well, that's a time when we were with in our church going through Henry Blackaby's discovering, knowing, and doing the will of God. And he had a phrase that said, you keep doing what you knew to do last until you're told what else to do, right? So if God said, do something, keep doing it, even though it's hard. Mm -hmm. And also another phrase at that time was... um, Don't just do something, stand there. Yeah, don't just do something, which is the opposite. Usually it's don't just stand there, do something. But he's saying, enter into prayer and ask God, what is it? And stop trying to solve things. Mm-hmm. Be a good listener. So anyway, some of these key things were coming up in our Bible study, and so we just realized the Lord hasn't said close or do anything different. He just took away our funding and our parent company. Just so, the yeah, just how to pay the bills. That's <laughs> well, you know. and it really was like that because it, it was, was just like, you know, I mean, we we're on this path, and all of a sudden, there's nothing. The I bank mean, account you, yeah. was cleaned out at midnight at yeah. the end of the month, and they yeah, took much, our yeah. PCs because they didn't have any. And we did. yeah, I think that's yeah. part of why we connected as families because my business has always been so seasonal and. Though yeah. we had times of feast, which uh-huh. we all got to benefit you also from, had times yeah. of famine. we had lots of times of famine where it's yeah. like, where is the next dollar coming yeah. from? Well, I'm not sure. Yep, yeah. exactly. But I'm not supposed to not do this. So, yeah. But we had, I mean, we had amazing things. We had groceries show up at our door. We had anonymous checks. We had all these things. And I, I remember um, um, my parents, and they were, they did talk to us at one point, and their question was, what do you want to do? I mean, what mm-hmm. do you feel like you're supposed to do? And and we both just said, well, we're doing what we want to do. Yeah. And and they're like, well, you can do anything you want. So it was like. But you got to realize during that time, people <clears throat> were saying, you really should get a different job. You really should have something dependable. You have kids now. Of course. So there are people a lot that of love good you, voices. That cared about yeah. you and that yeah. were smart. Yeah. That, that totally. understood yeah. were great stewards of their yeah. money and resources. And they're yeah. telling you this. Uh, we went four months with no paycheck and we never missed a house payment. Our checking account always had something in that we don't know. We still, to this day, have no idea how that worked. Except okay, grace I was going to ask you how that happened. We don't know. You don't know. <laughs> wow. Because no, God shows up. When you are on track with the Lord, he's on track with you. So we pressed in, kept going. What uh, is it, Dr. Mary? always says you can trust God with the consequences of your obedience. Uh, yeah. Yeah, say that again louder. <laughs> Make sure we don't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> you can trust God with the consequences of your obedience. Yes. Yeah. And that was actually around that time, too, when she shared that with us. So, um, yeah, anyway, shortening the story a bit here, what we ended up doing is with a really great group of leaders around us having prayed and listened and discerned that we ended up starting our own 501c3 and becoming an entity that now could receive donations, that could also be able to send and do what we do best and what we love doing, influencing others so that they and the gospel could be great somewhere. So uh, that has grown to both domestic and international, and, mm-hmm. and, to exp- and to include other kinds of ministry that are all about making mission possible. Was that in the 90s somewhere? So late 80s through the 90s okay. is when a lot of this stuff was transitioning. In fact, what we were to churches, schools, and organizations in America had to change because missions and the ethos or culture of churches was changing. Uh, our financing was pulled out from underneath us. We didn't know how to raise money. We had yeah. paychecks before that. Mm-hmm. So tremendous, tremendous amount of a transition and some personnel transition too. And mm-hmm. I will say this, I, more than we, but there were times when I hated my job and mm-hmm. wanted to quit 
because mm-hmm. it was too hard because I was going against the here, counsel here. of many. Me too. So you talk about small beginnings to greatness. I don't know when greatness really ever actually happens, yeah. but you just keep pressing in and yeah. you keep showing up and you do keep trusting the Lord with the consequences over your obedience. And okay. Let's, somehow that is yeah. just, it's all to God's glory. Okay, let's it. let's jump a little. I okay. mean, maybe you can, by doing that, maybe you can fill in some of the gaps between then and now. But now there's an organization with five, five, seven parts. Five key parts. Five key parts. And then there's some other stuff. As I look at the organizational chart, I'm like, I don't even know what all this <laughs> is. Like, but five key parts that are all national or international, right? And I keep hearing there's more going on. Can you can you just Put a neat put a neat bow around that for us. Sure, let me make it as tight as possible. Then you can ask some more questions as you'd like. But um, doing mission works is really hard. That's for sure. So wherever we can help make missions more successful, make it more effective. That's a big part of what we're about. The organization is called Mission Works because missions does work, and because mm-hmm. doing missions is hard work. So, what can we do to help anyone be any better? So the umbrella organization is Mission, mission works. works. Yeah, and and all of our different things is. Uh, trying to help anybody be any better with any mission from anywhere to anywhere. And that's really key today because um, especially nowadays, people can just go. They get a whim. Mm-hmm. They hope to do something. They've always wanted to do something, visit a country, hold a baby, get on a plane, dig a well, and, and use my talent to help someone else. Yep. Of course, it's usually through our own lenses what help is. So uh, the default mode of short-term, mid-term mission is always as always at risk of being more about what I want, even though we call it serving and helping okay, others. Short terms, two, three weeks at the top? I'd say four days up to three years Okay, is typically short term to midterm mission, yeah. Oh, that's both categories? Mm, yeah, short term okay. and midterm. Both. All right. The the normal would be 10 to 14 days, majority of short term, because people are doing it in vacation time, school mm-hmm. breaks, spring yeah. break, that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, so Mission Works exists to help make missions better for anyone from anywhere to anywhere. That's really a big deal. And I am really convinced no one's going to be perfect. Nobody's going to get it all right. But if you can keep getting it a little bit better and a little bit better, mm-hmm. each time you do something, learn a little more, get a little bit better, internalize it a little bit more, make it second nature so you can add more, right? So we just keep walking this journey with people to help them be uh, more effective in their mission work. So we do have five divisions to help do that, everything from entry-level things for that's mission connection conferences where thousands of people are probably hearing about mission for the first time, or a call to mission is being fanned into flame. Mm-hmm. Or they're making connections. As one coming up here uh, in a couple of months has almost a hundred exhibitors who come and hang out at this place just to pray with and listen to people's heart call and decide: is it with our mission or was it the mission down the way here? We've actually got partners here who do what you're after. Mm. So how can we make sure people? It's all about the gospel, you know. You talk about what's the biggest thing that we're after. Why can we work side by side and not react but respond together? It's about the gospel. That's <laughs> that's where we're headed. So. Uh, we do that with the connection conferences all the way up to how we help people with excellent mission, support raising, insurance, and other things so that people can do mission. And I'll tell you this one other big perk, wet your whistle a little bit, but we're finding ourselves internationally involved with the anyone from every anywhere, anyone to anywhere from anywhere aspect. The modern mission movement is just that. It's modern, and it's become something that's hard to mobilize people who are more disciple-like. Remember back in the New Testament when Jesus said, come with me? Mm-hmm. They were young men and fishermen. He didn't say, go to school, raise a lot of money, learn a language. He said, yeah. come. Yeah. You got people in this generation that are saying, I could go. Travel's easier. Language learning is easier. English is everywhere. But all they can do right now is plug into the modern mission movement, which puts them seven years away from a mission field, possibly. Mm-hmm. So, And then you've got people in Cairo, Egypt, who want to go to Bahrain or in Argentina who want to go to Australia, whatever, mm-hmm. and they don't have the resources or funding or knowledge. So how can we connect the world for more nimble mission movement anywhere mm-hmm. to anywhere from anywhere? So a lot going on under Mission Works umbrella, um, trying to keep our focus tight mm-hmm. to the Great Commission, but enabling and empowering a modern, more modern contemporary mission movement for today. Mm-hmm. It's a big it's, nutshell. It is. Well, let me unfold the the point of interest for me okay. is that some churches, some nonprofits and these kinds of things have started like a coffee shop or mm-hmm. or a, uh, a secondhand store in a facility to, to promote or fund their projects, which I think is a fantastic idea, yes. right? 
you've is. done some of that because you just described that. Because I hear all this and I say, well, this takes time, money, energy, staff. How do you pay for all this? And so here I am, the entrepreneur sitting here, 40 years in business, and we've talked a lot about this. So I know how. But the idea is to get further away from donations to other things. And then we've talked a lot about that. I'd like you mm. to just simply unfold what are you doing about it? And mm. I just love the idea and the, how we've been involved in it. So, Well, I, I, I have to preface it by saying that generous giving is part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. So everyone needs to be giving anywhere that they can that's responsible and dependable and trustworthy as much as they have. And then you just got to trust the Lord with how it's going to be yeah. utilized, right? Right. But I do want to make sure that people know that, to me, generosity is a big part of God's plan and a big part of how he mobilizes the gospel message all around the world, right? Um, I don't want our organization to not make possible generous giving, but I do want us, as we undergird the work of churches, schools, and organizations, to be resourced sufficiently that we're not asking for money, Mm -hmm. but rather making it possible as a self-sustaining organization to channel giving to all the places where it's going to make the biggest difference. It's not overhead or admin right? and salaries here. We've found a way that we're going to work through that process so that we can just exist. And And I think givers will flourish as appropriate giving. Because and they know 99% happens. of their dollars are going to their to what their right. heart says is the right thing to give money to. Yep. Yeah. I so any of the giving to our organization in time will be more um, unique projects, crisis response, or uh, research development and improvement of mission opportunities so that more people can do more mission. Right. So that that means one of our divisions will be um, a significant generator of revenue for us, which mm-hmm. is just now beginning. We just got a grant for the uh, position, mm-hmm. and it's taken 12 years to build the software that supports that. And so we're now beginning to see that take off, which if it works in the next couple of years the way we think it will, we'll be moving away from being primarily donor-dependent and instead become donor mm-hmm. facilitators. Right. Because we've got a way to fund the structural backside of what's happening uh, to let people be more involved in generosity elsewhere. Ah, good for you. That's, uh, I'm pretty excited about that. It's You talk about a journey and yes. failures along the way. Some of you will think 12 years for software. Yeah. Had to raise a lot of money to build it. We had a lot of stops and starts. It's finally done, and it's amazing. I'm not saying that for us. It God's blessed us with a great software generator and hmm. developer, and it's been God's done a good thing. So used a lot of amazing people to help make it happen. Yep. Okay, fill in the, there's some gaps we have in that story. You had you have some kids, mm-hmm. and that all plays in. Like, you're just influencing the world. But talk about how do you, so you have something that a lot of us don't get, is we want to change the world. There's a piece of everybody's heart that says, I really want to change the world. I want to be a change agent. We don't have impact. And you get that. And you have that. Well, thank you, Lord, right? But you have a home. You have a wife, a home, and you have, you know, your car breaks down. I, I don't know how many times. <laughs> we keep... I'll bring that up. Yes, yeah, I think it's the wrong color. I never got my Porsche. It's Let's wrong, just say that. It's the wrong color car is what we've identified in the past, right? That if you had a red or white car, it wouldn't break as much. So anyway, but... But you've had all this, like you have real life going on, and yet you're an impact agent. So how does how's that all fit? So tell me mm-hmm. about your kids. And well, maybe a good thing would be our perspective. Yeah, we don't want to change the world, doesn't everybody? Mm-hmm. But you don't get to be the one who changes the world. You get to be the one that changes a life, just mm-hmm. one of them, mm-hmm. and, and maybe another one. And when they change people, eventually it's affecting the world. That that could be a ripple, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which means we have the same responsibility, not only with the ones in our neighborhood or our store or our employment or those that we contract with in the ministry, but with our kids. And I don't treat them like, we don't treat them like a business piece. We treat them like one more life that needs to be influenced. So um, we've had a phrase in our home, and I promote it everywhere we go, that it's not the circumstances that matter. It's what you do with them that does. Mm -hmm. Are you getting a paycheck? Did your car break down? People react and get all bent out of shape over that stuff. They get mad. They blame people or whatever. But our goal has been just to live out faith in the Lord, raising our kids in that environment where it's not what we have or how it works out. Mm-hmm. It's who who are we in the middle of all of this stuff each time it happens. And we have had all three of our kids have, um, they're an immense blessing to us. They've each one wandered their own 
dark paths from time to time, which was never easy. I never thought that would happen, which made mm-hmm. it even harder to swallow. But they are all three walking with the Lord and married men who love the Lord more than them. they love their wives, which I, we couldn't ask for anything different. And all three cherish our wives, which we did pray for. And they all have kids. So we just keep pouring ourselves unendingly. By that, I mean uh, God created you. So however much strength he knows you need, he'll always give you enough. So we just mm-hmm. keep pressing in, pouring our lives into our kids' lives and into our in-laws and into our grandchildren. Well, I think for, for me too, you know, I, I grew up in a pastor's home, so my dad was a pastor. And um, one of the things I truly appreciated about my dad was that he was never different in the pulpit than he was at home. Yeah. And I think we've, you know, we've just worked really hard to try to be mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I don't know, I just, I, I see in our kids just now that they're older and they have their own kids and, and they say amazing, amazing things that we don't think are really true about us that, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's just, you know, you just do it a day at a time. You don't think about it. And I know Brian has said many times, you know, when people die, you don't hear them say, I wish I would have made more money. I wish I would have, yeah. you know, you, you hear mm-hmm. people say, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, really we've tried to be intentional about making memories. That's kind of a big thing for us. Mm-hmm. And and you make them whatever you're doing. But as far as like, you know, when we when we lost our our funding or whatever, and other times when there's stuff that requires finances, you know, just to be able to take time first to pray about it, and then not just to pray about it, but then just to go back and thank the Lord for mm. for um, the way He provided for us. Yeah, I think that's been. And, that's been and by that, it's not like we individually pray or we just pray at night. We actually prayed with the kids, especially when they were young and we lost funding. We, we needed them to know who we were asking for care from and mm-hmm. we needed them to know that we were thanking yeah. him for yeah. how he provided. I got to give you, you guys are getting a lot of axioms or whatever you call those phrases saying. Yes, today, we got right? a few today. Uh, there, I have lists of them, but this one is really a, a cool one that goes with what Lorraine's saying. Um, and it works in English. We are human beings, not human doings. Yes. The phrases that we're human beings. Think about being from the inside out. A lot of people try to mm-hmm. tack on. Uh, actions, best practices, um, whatever the teachings are. They even use Bible verses today. This is why I do what I do. But if something hasn't changed from the inside, then the circumstances do get the best of you. If you don't remember the why behind the what, then the what will kill you. I mean, you just have to keep on being from the inside. That's why I started today with authenticity, genuineness, and it only comes with a steadiness in Christ. That's where we need to actually find our very being is existing with him. Yep. He empowers us to do these things like Lorraine was talking about. Yeah, and I'm just grateful for our kids for making us be real. I mean, you know, if mm. we're, if we're mm-hmm. unintentionally trying to make, you know, things better than they are or whatever, they're just so great at being, so how you're really doing or, you know? Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Yep. So let me push into that a little bit. Um, I'd like to talk about the tools you've either developed or used in those times. You lose your funding. That Well, let me back up and say uh, two days ago, late at night, somebody on this uh, top contractor school thread that we all have on WhatsApp got on there. It was 9.30 at night, my time, and he was 10.30 at night. Oh, He was not East Coast, but he was Later. In, yes. <clears throat> but he just lays out this whole thing, and I'm like, oh, man. Like it was bad news. I've been there. Yeah, I've been there dozens of times, actually, over 40 years in business. And it had a lot of gloom and doom. It had a little bit of, it was kind of like a psalm where there's this, all of this junk. And then at the end it said, I know, I think I'm going to be okay, you know. But but it, he's a believer, but he's struggling. It doesn't take the feelings away. No matter what I called, I tried to exactly. call him. It doesn't. I, I tried calling him. We ended up trying to connect the next morning. We both got busy in our day and didn't. But he got a lot of feedback in in the next 24 hours that said, you know what, you can do this. But sometimes we don't even feel like we have that feel. We don't feel like we have that. I know there's times in my life where I look and I say, man, I could just use a mentor. I could just use someone to talk to. And maybe I just didn't open my eyes and see it because there were people around at times. And I probably could have had them more if, if I wanted them. But sometimes I just hunkered down and just kind of lived in the muck. So when you're when you were doing that, not whether it was your 
doing or not. Because I just admitted to living in some of it because I left it there. What's the principle? So I think about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord, you know, lean, lean not on, you know, all your ways acknowledge him, lean not on your own understanding, he'll make your path straight. I want the straight path, right? So what are the principles for you that kind of got you through that time? Because I'm pretty sure it just didn't last for a couple of months. No, and I, I think about Joseph in the Old Testament who was sort of the treasured son and lived a pretty charmed life for a while, fancy new robe. Mm-hmm. But then he spent a long time in and out of holes and slavery and jail and hopes of getting back out. And the Bible Being accused of things he didn't do. Exactly. And yeah. you never in Scripture hear of him being angry at God or blaming anyone. Mm. Somehow he steadied on in his faith. And I think about him. I mean, he didn't record those times when he probably did feel like he was pretty unhappy or depressed. Or he had to feel them. Because he was a human being, but his outcome, a lot like King David, was always, yes, but God. Mm. God is God. And somewhere, somehow, there's a, a genuine relationship with the Father, with, and so much so that you could still depend on that anyway. You know, that aircraft carrier, it's not about me being strong like an aircraft carrier. He's the one that is my... <laughs> that's how it comes... That's where it comes from, right? Mm. That stability comes from him, and Joseph somehow had it. So... I think, yeah, we've been up and down. Uh, I struggled a couple of times with the d- d- depression with uh, cancer, some fallouts with a board member and a missionary all at the same time. And I just, I was in the, in the dark spaces. But I do know that what you do next is really an indicator of what you believe about God. And that's not original with me. There's a quote out there about that. But if I really believe he says that he is who he says he is, mm-hmm. then my being so focused on myself and looking down, not up, is yep. not going to get me past this space. I also know that people tend to trust in things or stuff, what, instead of who. He is yeah. the who. So it takes some uh, mental gymnastics mm-hmm. and prayer and spending time with friends, and you've helped me get out of I don't know how many of those dark spaces, just because when I'm down, you're not. Mm-hmm. When I'm down, she's not. We end up, hopefully we don't get down at the same time, but when we do. Did you? It, yeah, we did. Did sometimes. you get down, and and how do you navigate that? Hmm. Uh, I think we had talked about that over the years. How it's really been God's gift that if one of us is down, the other one isn't. Yeah, you find a way somehow. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the the rhythm <clears throat> of that. I mean, I think we have been able to kind of help each other through mm-hmm. that, and a lot mm-hmm. of it, I think, has just been able to just. Um, we have a blessing box. It's it's well, it's huge now. It started out this. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Thank Lord, it's exactly. huge, right? It keeps getting bigger and bigger. But I mean, we have things in there. You know, yeah, we have like um, oh, the scissors that um, Lisa came in and she goes, "Mommy, go pop! Mommy, go pop!" I had no idea what she's talking about. So then I find these scissors that have this burn hole oh, in them because no, she was cutting the iron cord. Oh, you know, I mean, it's just while well, it was plugged in. You know, I mean, it's just... And she didn't get electrocuted. That's a blessing. So we kept the scissors. Yeah, I'm like, mommy, go pop. I have no idea what she's talking about. Anyway, we have stuff like that. I mean, it's just it's yeah. just full of things how God has provided things for us. Our first year we got married, we had taxes that we had no idea what they were, and they were paid for still. It was not my parents. I said... That you... was like $10,000 yeah. when they got paid. Oh, wow. And I was like, it was so crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was just stuff like that. And so... Going back to God's faithfulness in the past is a lot of the reason why you're able to handle things right now. Oh, that's I think true. gratitude, yeah. remembering who, not getting mm-hmm. caught up in the what, yeah. responding, not reacting. It's not the yeah. circumstances that matters what you yeah. do with them. It's a gift, really, for me, growing up the way I did when my dad was going to seminary and stuff like that, had no money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember praying for milk and eggs, and our next-door neighbors came over, the McMonagles, McManagles. And they were leaving on vacation, and they had milk and eggs. I mean, you know, for me, that just Miracle. stood out. Stuff like that. Yeah. You know, you, you pray for a certain X amount of dollars because you yeah. need a pair of shoes. We get a but, pair of shoes. So the, the key to that is just mom and dad would take time to thank God for that. Yeah. But on a practical yeah. note, if you don't pray those things, you don't see those blessings. If you do pray for them but not believing, you don't uh, see them when they do come. It creates an awareness. It, it does. does create awareness. Yeah. And it's, That's true. Yeah. I also said besides authenticity and um, genuineness, there's a lot of humility that comes with. Yeah. And I'll tell you, our praying together or praying with our kids about all these things requires mm-hmm. a lot of humility. I would rather figure this out. I'll get through it. It'll be fine. It always is. I'll get it from somebody else, whatever. But just to humble yourself and say, Lord, this is past, this is beyond us. And I'm just going to have to say, we say, we need help. So there's a lot of humility, gratitude, watching, trusting. 
I think we have basically lived our whole married life realizing that life is be- beyond <laughs> us. <laughs> it's bigger than and us. And it so still is. <laughs> yes, it's still. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yes. And yeah. the troubles actually are too. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're bigger than us. Yeah. And did you know we will always, always have troubles? We'll always have something to have anxiety about. Mm. That's what the Lord said. You'll always have trials and tribulations. So instead of fixing them or so getting rid of them, don't be surprised when they come. <laughs> take those as circumstances that you can rise above and become who you're supposed to become with His help. Okay. Speaking of the aircraft carrier, we're going to land this plane soon. Yeah. So I want to ask this question, though. Um, as you picture finishing strong, and I know you're not done. You know, I know that. We're the same age within a couple of months, and I'm not far from done. I, I'm older. And, yeah, so I'm yes. Wiser. For those of you that don't know, he's <laughs> he's older. <laughs> um, just give some advice on where you're where you you're pointed spiritually and mentally that says mm. not the goal, but the this is this is what I have left in my character to kind of so that I do finish strong, so that I become that amazing grandpa in the grandkids' eyes, and then perhaps even live long enough to see greats, right? Great grandkids. Oh, that'd be so great. That, yeah, yes. That would be great. Be great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But the idea is to be intentional about how, what kind yeah. of person do I, what kind of legacy do I want to leave? So talk to the audience about today, what do I need to work on right now to get there 10, 15, 20 years from now? So there's two parts to that. One mm-hmm. is professional, which you implied already, and the other one is family. So mm-hmm. I'll address both very briefly and then ask more if you want. But on the professional front, I do know that at our age, we do need to be working on what how effective of a handoff can we have. Mm-hmm. Both of us have come through a lot of entrepreneurial season with what we do, and yes. those things don't always last if it's built on us. Correct. So I'm having to make sure that it's not about me or my name or the way I did it. So uh, in preparing for how to land the plane in my retirement season professionally, it's making sure that the right people are there, that they've been not only given things to do and be, but trusted and allow Mm -hmm. them to do it the way they as a younger person now see as better uh, without ever slipping off of the things that are um, non-negotiables, mostly all scripturally related. The values, the scriptural values, the the character things. But to be obsessive about things or controlling about things or constantly correcting because we see them doing things that aren't the way I did it is going to squelch them. So really life-giving, and that I can do one life at a time, Mm -hmm. that does equal world impact nationally and internationally. Absolutely it does. But I'm not Mm -hmm. focused on that. That's the byproduct of good character passing off to those who have good character Mm -hmm. and are trusted. So trust, handoff, that's a big part. Um, I'm hoping for five more years until I transition, uh, job style, but another five years beyond for retirement. Now, on the home front, uh, we are trying to be absolutely, consistently, genuinely present with our kids and grandkids. Not on the phone, not watching TV, not we're on the floor. We're coming up with creative things for them to do to learn, teamwork things, projects, on uh, ways to create and develop things. Uh, we've built a wind tunnel during our annual Christmas getaway with just our kids and grandkids had to figure how to do it with tools I provided. I gave them tools and stuff and they created a wind tunnel, which they spent hours playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, being absolutely present with them and um, it's the, who we are, the human being they need to see just like Lorraine's folks did that what we are outside the home and inside the home. It's all the same. Do you have, do you have a response to that too? Some interaction with that question? Um, yeah, I think, um, I mean, at this point I'll speak just as far as family goes, but um, I think we have done our best to be intentional about creating spaces for making memories. Um, more about the experience than like actual gifts or that kind of thing to be um, places where we can do that. But he's been amazing at just um, capturing time um, in photos. You know, so I think you know it really helps to be able to have have a picture of of different events and different different things to be able to. Intentional. I guess that would be the biggest thing, being, mm-hmm. intentional, being intentional about creating time. And if you yep. do have time, you know, let's do something with it. Let's not just mm-hmm. hang out and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, our kids yeah. are great about that. I mean, you know, they, they're really good about asking questions and stuff, too. So so Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 is a good way to wrap up our answer. It says um, that we're supposed to encourage one another on toward love and good deeds. Mm-hmm. But it says consider how to do that. 
consider how to spur one other on toward love and good deeds. That's don't a, give that's up. That's a thinking thing, yeah. too. You have yeah. to plan yeah. ahead. Not just to be in present, but not yeah. Yeah. Don't, oh, they're here already. What are we going to do? Yeah. You know they're coming, so think ahead. Yeah. Be intentional and help them to do love and good deeds. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. I tell you what, reaction will mean separating. Don't do it. Don't hang out with them. Estrange yourself. Whatever it is, you end relationships because they're hard. No, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And then encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So that's been our thing. And it is not easy. It's It requires selflessness again and again, still today. Mm-hmm. Especially as we're getting older, we'd love to just sit and have a quiet evening at home, whatever that looks like. But we have to... Yeah, no, whatever that looks God like. God help us to have the strength to do more of that being present. Yeah. Considering how to do those things and encouraging. And it is an act of discipline and faith again and again. Good. Appreciate that. So to wrap up, the question I love asking is uh, you get to you get to crawl through this microphone, down this cord, and you get to ride in the car with someone that's listening to the podcast mm-hmm. or someone that's walking down a pathway with their earbuds in or watching it on YouTube on their TV or computer. But you get one more chance, 30, mm-hmm. minute, 30 seconds to a minute to sum it up. You're going to give them this last thing that they may not remember the rest, but they'll remember this one. What do you say, both of you? Do you have one? Be a true reflection of Christ. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, see what he sees, hear what he hears. Be a true reflection of Christ. Yeah. Mm. That's, in my opinion, that is the definition for me of, of a working definition of greatness is mm. um, always in progress of becoming a true reflection of Christ. Yeah, that's good for you. Good one. And ahead of that, I would say, breathe. Yeah. Breathe. <laughs> You've The world is telling you who to be and how to be and the news and TikTok and Facebook and everything. Just, just take time to breathe. Mm-hmm. Take a minute to think about who am I supposed to be so that I can lean into Christ. Purpose. Come that. Yeah. Oh, what, why am I it's here? not about your house and your car and it's not about uh, all the things that we think it is. Mm, that is. Have the long view hunker down and become more like Christ, but you got to breathe to do that. Stop stressing out about everything. That, breathe. That is true. So we're wrapping up this one. Thank you so much. So for the listeners, I want to remind you to subscribe, download, like, love, do all the things you're supposed to do. You all know what they are better than I do. I'm 60. Okay. <laughs> That means he's 62, by the way. I'm not 62. Yeah, 60 also. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that much older than you. <laughs> yes. yes. And the last call to action I give every time that I finish a video these days or finish one of these podcasts is I say to the audience and anybody else that's willing to listen, go be great. Go be great.